This is the Easy Living Yards Podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your host that uses his kids as an excuse to do fun stuff. Let's jump in and learn how to have a healthy, beautiful yard with less work so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. What's up and welcome to episode 37 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we are talking about outdoor fall activities for kids. I hope you are having a beautiful day today. If you're listening to this soon after I've aired this episode, happy fall to you. I am enjoying the beautiful weather that we're having right now here in southern Ohio. I'm looking out on some just a gorgeous landscape right now, and the sun's shining. The air's cooling down a little bit. It's a little bit crisper. Now we're starting to see some of that fall weather and, and some beautiful uh, browns coming in, some, some beautiful hues in the landscape. Uh, the grass is still green, but uh, things are starting to change. And I love that time of change. So if you're in the northern hemisphere, happy fall to you. And if you're in the southern hemisphere, I guess you might be coming across spring pretty soon if you uh, guys have seasons where you live. So um, wherever you are, I wish you a happy time in your landscape. And I really hope you're coming here to learn how to save time in your landscape, to enjoy life more fully, to enjoy your landscape more fully too. So I don't want you to be a slave to your yard uh, that the way so many people are, and they don't even realize it. So that's that's why I do what I do here is to help you have some freedom from your landscape chores and also have a beautiful landscape at the same time. So stay tuned today. Today we're going to be talking a little bit differently than, than some of the other stuff about saving time in our yard. Today is about just enjoying time in our yard especially with your kids or your grandkids or uh, any children for that matter. And, um, you know, time with children in the landscape can be so fun because the the, the outdoors is just a exciting place for children uh, of, of any age. And, it, I, you know, I still fit into this category as well. So uh, it's just a wonderful place to, to get out, to explore, to find adventure. And this could be in your, your most sterile urban backyard where you think it wouldn't, you know, you couldn't find anything. Well, well kids have a way of just finding adventure. And, and so let's talk about how we can do that in fall. Now, before we jump into that topic, I have a couple things. Now, first is a reminder. If you're considering making a positive change in your landscape, I am offering a wonderful opportunity right now to help uh, jumpstart you into that change process to help you get some expert opinion. I don't really like to call myself an expert, I'll be honest, but I'd like to give you some special help with your landscape so you can really make a positive change in your landscape. So to help incentivize that, I'm running a consultation special right now for the month of October. So if you go over to ely.how slash consulting and you type in the code fall2018 at check out, you'll get a 20% discount on my consultation. So go over there if you're considering it, check it out and and hit me up if you have any questions. Uh, there's some contact info as well. Um, you can just uh, get in touch with me and we can get uh, working on your landscape, make a better change. Now, if you're considering just like, where, where do you even start with saving some time in your landscape to make more available time to do things like we're talking about today of, of just enjoying time with your kids uh, in your yard or, or whatever, if you're just looking for what are those key 
time savers for easy landscaping. I have an awesome resource that I'm linking to in the show notes, and it's called The Best Time Savers for Easy Landscaping. So if you go to ely.how slash episode 37, that's ely.how slash episode 37, you'll find a link right at the top of the show notes that uh, will take you to the best time savers for easy landscaping. Uh, These tips will help you make a a massive shift in just how you see your landscape and also give you back a lot of time just with some very simple changes. So I've put together this resource just for you. Um, It's free. um, So check it out. Head on over to ely.how slash episode 37, episode 37, and you'll see the link right there. Okay, on to today's plant. Today's favorite plant is one that we're putting into our front yard with our new uh, garden design that we're working on right now. Uh, It's a little late in the season to be planting, uh, and so this project is a little bit behind, but I really want to... I'm actually using this project. Uh, I'm going to be building a course with it, so that's a sneak preview for you guys out there. If you're considering, like, what the heck do I do with my landscape... Well, I'm putting together a course to help you with that. So stay tuned on more for that. Uh, and But right now I'm in the in the thick of a project. Uh, we we do not have a front sidewalk. So uh, if, if my wife is listening right now, I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we busted up our sidewalk and we're going to be replacing it with a better entryway. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes about access, we had a fairly restricted access point to our house. And it really restricts... Um, just that welcoming atmosphere that you want in front of your house. So we're actually changing that. And in doing so, we decided just to completely replace our sidewalk. There's an expense to it, of course, but it's worth it in the long run for us to make our access to our, from our driveway to our front porch much easier, much less restricted, uh, which is better day to day for us, uh, especially with loading and unloading our kids and also just more welcoming to our guests. So we do not have a sidewalk right now. Hopefully, uh, very soon we will. Um, but, um, yeah. So anyway, back on track here. All right. Back on topic. So the today's favorite plant, that's where I was, right? Is the nine bark. So, uh, the Latin name for nine bark is fit. <laughs> All right. Let me try this again. Physocarpus opulifolius. So as you guys can tell, this is not my specialty with the Latin names, but I read these out uh, just so you have a specific idea of what plant I'm talking about. Uh, So this is a, as many of the plants I talk about, this is an eastern United States native shrub. Now the nine bark, we're planting it as like a primary accent plant in this design for our front foundation planting. Uh, The the common nine bark, which is, is the other common name for this nine bark plant uh, is standard. It's five to eight feet tall and four to six feet wide. And this is the straight species I'm talking about. The straight species by itself is a very beautiful plant. Um, it has white or pink flowers in the May to June time frame. And it tolerates a wide range of conditions. So we're talking it can handle drought, erosion, clay soil, dry soil, uh, shallow and rocky soil. So this is a very um, hardy plant. Um, It grows in full sun to part shade. And it tolerates the uh, USDA zones 2 through 8. Now, I have to say, um, I've found that it's, it tends to struggle in the hotter side of that zone. So if you're in zone 8 or 9, um, it, it it doesn't do super well there. So um, it's not as heat tolerant as some other plants we may be talking about. Okay, so that's the natural plant. Um, it has those, So it has those flowers in May to June. It also has just some nice foliage to it. 
And in the winter, it has this peeling bark that has like a reddish brownish uh, under layer to it. And so the mature shrub um, gets this nice texture as well in the winter landscape. Um, the, the straight species doesn't have a super attractive fall color to it. So that's not really a whole lot to speak of there. Now, there are several... Um, cultivars that are worth mentioning and they have various leaf colors that add a lot of interest for this plant so you still get those pretty flowers in may to june but you also so you have some burgundy type um, reddish wine colored um, and purplish uh, leaves and there are also more chartreuse in in like a very lime green color uh, cultivars as well so some cultivars worth mentioning for the chartreuse color is darts gold and that's a dwarf variety as well or might kind of like a semi-dwarf it's not really that small so it's a it's just a maybe it goes about five feet tall and i think about like four to five feet wide and so it's a little bit smaller than your five to eight foot uh straight species shrub and and this is the variety, actually, we're going to be planting in our landscape. So it's going to be a bright pop of chartreuse color throughout the summer. And then we it also has some um, some nice autumn color to it as well. So there are some, there's another um, variety, a cultivar that's chartreuse that's pretty common called lemon candy. And, and that one is also the nice chartreuse color. It doesn't have as much fall interest. It doesn't have the nice uh, autumn color to it of a reddish orange color. Um, as far as the burgundy colors, one of the most common ones is called uh, Diabolo, or I don't really know how to pronounce it, Diabolo or Diabolo, um, and also Summer Wine. So check out the show notes. If you guys are interested in this shrub, uh, this is all written down there in the show notes. So again, the show notes are at ely.how slash episode 37. Okay, so let's get on to today's main topic today. And this is something I love talking about is is how to have fun with your kids and things to do with your kids at various times of year. So I was kind of brainstorming. A lot of this is stuff that I personally have interest in with my kids or I've heard about or I've done when I was younger as well. And so uh, these are kind of just fun activities I want to talk about in your own yard and also just in the greater landscape of your area. Some fun things you can do with your children to really make fall just a wonderful, memorable time and time to uh, spend time with your family. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown of all the different topics I've listed out, and then I'll just get, you know, we'll get into a bit more detail of each. So first, it might not sound like fun, but raking leaves, leaf piles, mud pies or outdoor kitchens, yard work help, making scarecrows, leaf identification, learning about trees, campfires, cookouts, bird watching, local farm visits, and local park visits. So that's the quick rundown of what I'm talking about here. So let's just jump right in. As far as raking leaves, to us as adults, this sounds like a ridiculous, not very fun chore. And and probably to any teenagers you have at home, it probably sounds even more ridiculous that we would even be talking about this as a fun activity. When it comes to your younger kids, this is a great opportunity for just getting your kids engaged, getting them outside, getting physical, and just doing something fun together. Um, I remember as a younger, younger kid, uh, really enjoying raking leaves. Now, as a teenager, it wasn't so fun, I'll admit. But um, this is something you can just make it into a, a bonding experience, a fun experience, and and just do something that gets you guys active together. And so um, just consider what you can do with raking leaves and how to make it fun. And that's a great segue into the next piece, which is leaf piles. Um, so <laughs> making a leaf pile and jumping in it was one of the the best activities of fall 
uh, growing up for me. So I loved raking piles of leaves and just jumping in them, hiding in them, whatever, trying to just bury ourselves in the leaves. And we'd come in just filthy messy with leaf dust everywhere. So make sure you shake your kids out before coming inside. <laughs> but uh, it was just a fun experience. And it's something that I always look forward to doing with my younger kids uh, at this age as well. So that's one incentive. I've also seen some cool ideas of creating like a a leaf maze or whatever. So you kind of go through the yard and you create paths through the leaves. If you have kind of like a heavy leaf cover and, and you can create little mazes that your younger kids can try and navigate and have fun with. So that's kind of a cool idea as well that I saw. I've never done that, but that sounds kind of fun. I don't know if on our property we get heavy enough leaf cover for that, but if you get a lot of leaves, that's something fun you can do maybe. So the next piece is totally off tangent from that, and that's making mud pies and having an outdoor kitchen. Now, this isn't your typical outdoor kitchen with like, I'm not talking about adult stuff here. I'm talking about kids stuff. So just having a a set of like scrappy utensils that you can, I, here's, here's an aside. So I talked about this in a previous episode. So if you guys want to check out, um, backyard ideas for kids, I have a link for that in the show notes. Uh, that episode goes into a lot of depth depth about how you can transform your backyard from something that's just your typical backyard to something that's an exciting oasis for your kids that really engages them and helps develop them mentally and physically and imaginatively um, into being, I guess, creating growth and opportunity experiences for them in the backyard. So if you want to check that out, head on over, check out the link. But one of the pieces from that is, yeah, having an outdoor kitchen. So I took our our son, Adam, he's our, our almost three-year-old. Actually, yeah, happy birthday, Adam. He just turned three uh, when this episode comes out. So uh, he'll be three in two days. So uh, happy birthday to you, Adam. He's our big three-year-old. He's full of energy. Um, it's it's so fun seeing a, a smile on his face. And it just, he kind of lights up the world when he smiles. So uh, happy birthday to you, Adam. And, and I took Adam to the thrift store uh, just a couple weeks ago, and we went out and we bought, we spent $15. It was in $15 got us a giant pile of kitchen stuff that they can now freely play with in the backyard. So we have like a little pile of gravel next to a little mud pile <laughs> or dirt pile that they turn into a mud pile. Um, and, and next to, I also have these rainwater harvesting containers. And so they have kind of a, a space for free play with these kitchen utensils. And, and I hope to um, maybe over the next course of the year, to build them an actual kitchen, like a, you know, a a countertop space out of an old workbench that they can use as their kitchen outdoors. And, and, and so just these utensils, we got a ton of pots and bowls and cutting board. And, and Adam's favorite was we, we found this old can opener there. So I hesitated a little bit because, you know, it has that sharp cutting disc on it. This is one of those like hand can openers that has the hinge on the one end and just two big handles. And then the crank that you turn. And, uh, he, as soon as he saw that, he did not put it down the whole time we were in that store and he wanted to hold it the whole time we went home as well. And so, uh, he had just absolutely loved that can opener. And, and so we have a can opener, a bunch of utensils. So like a spaghetti fork, a couple spoons and ladle and just all sorts of stuff. And they, they have a ball out there. Uh, they've loved it. So we've had it for a few weeks now, all these utensils and, uh, kitchen items, and they just love it. So they concoct little things, you know, 
all sorts of imagination stuff with with the pea gravel and the the dirt and the water and they make soup and everything like that and and of course yes they get dirty but the engagement they have out there and and the the fact that I'll be I'll be completely honest here Sometimes, you know, a five-year-old and a three-year-old can be absolutely overwhelming and it's just impossible to get stuff done. That's um, speaking for me as well as my wife, who uh, my dear wife stays at home with them uh, most of the day. And and sometimes, you know, you just need some space. And so this is something where when the boys are going crazy, they're, they'll be fully engaged in this activity for an extended period of time. So it it, it lets Corey, my wife, be able to to get stuff done inside or just to take a deep breath and relax, have some alone time. And it lets me work on projects outside while they're just fully engaged in an immersive experience with their outdoor kitchen. So it's it's just a great experience. And so along with that, of course, you obviously have to make mud pies. And so they love putting together just hunks of dirt and leaves or whatever it is, whatever they find, um, sticks and, and to make their own concoctions. So just consider that even though it's messy and it's dirty and sometimes I do actually have to hose them off a little bit, um, it's totally worth it because I can see the light in their eyes when they are just totally engaged in this experience and and also just the fun that they have and the fact that we also personally as parents, we get some space and that's really important too for us to just be able to either get some work done or to refresh ourselves is really important too sometimes. So consider that. All right. Next piece, yard work help. So young kids, especially again, you know, I have younger kids right now. My tune might change a little bit when it comes to teenagers, <laughs> that, that phase, but at least with younger kids, they always want to be helping. And, and so Letting them help out with some of the yard work tasks, whether it's trimming stuff or or maybe pruning or like we're doing right now with an actual garden renovation, um, they'd love to help. And so um, just giving them space, even if it's not actually, you know, true help in the sense that they're actually helping you toward your goal, but if it's just letting them kind of do the similar activity in a space that's safe for them. So for example, with our garden project right now, um, I stripped out a lot of the topsoil in the area that we are putting in the garden because that removes the sod and a lot of the perennial weeds that we're having some issues with. And it kind of gives us a blank slate. Now, unfortunately, of course, it's I'll, I'll get into more of this later, but stripping out the topsoil is not always the best idea. But in this case, uh, that's what we decided to do. And, and so with that, we have a lot of bare um, soil that, of course, the boys want to help out with, right? So for them, that's digging holes where um, our garden is supposed to be. And, and yes, holes don't actually help us with the, uh, the long-term goal of changing our garden, but what it does help with is helping them feel like they're making a difference and they're actually working with me. So, so basically, while I'm working on that garden space, they're also working there along with me and filling their little mini wheelbarrow and, and hauling off dirt and making little dirt piles. And they love it. So consider what you can do with yard work help with your kids. Okay, next, maybe let's switch gears a little bit. So making scarecrows. Uh, this is something that I remember doing as a kid. We, we'd take our old newspapers and we'd take some old pairs of clothes, usually our dad's ugly clothes, whatever we could find, uh, the ugliest thing possible, which uh, <laughs> wasn't too hard sometimes, uh, and in uh, making a scarecrow out of it and you know putting a little jack-o'-lantern head on top or sometimes we thought it was cool that it was like the headless horseman guy and he didn't have a head um, and just setting out a lawn chair 
there and and making this like weird little scarecrow figure that was it just fit in with fall right so it was a lot of fun we got to stuff it full of newspaper and tie off the ends of the the legs and the the arms to stuff it up and and sometimes we'd get you know straw to make it actually look like a scarecrow like you see in like wizard of oz or whatever and it was just a lot of fun so um, maybe you can do an activity like that with your kids to make something fun like that. Um, what about something a little bit more like educational style? So right now, uh, at least in the northern latitudes or the, the latitudes farther away from the equator, uh, it's a great time for learning about leaves. So leaf identification or just learning about like drawing uh, leaves. Uh, so getting some artistic engagement. But basically using the resources around you that are available in fall to help teach your kids different skills or, or just engage them in whatever they're interested in. So if they're interested in the colors, help teach them about colors. If they're interested in, and you know, if they're older, maybe learning about vascular tissue i'm i'm showing out my nerdiness here um but just different things you can learn uh to help get your kids engaged with the outdoors around you so i mean i perceive the outdoors as a classroom right or at least an an area for inspiration whether that's artistic or educational or whatever and so using the resources that are available at this time of year can be a lot of fun because it's a time of a lot of change and learning what those changes mean or just using them to inspire you for different things can be a lot of fun so consider what you can do um, like leaf identification well, looking learning about trees or or um, colors or um, just different imprint art right with the leaves different things that you can do with your kids and likewise, learning about the trees. So um, maybe even going as far as like learning to identify what trees in your, your, are in your yard, either based on the leaves or based on the bark patterns or, or whatever. So um, have some fun with it. Uh, see how many trees your kids can identify. So make it a contest or whatever. Uh, go to the, you know, the local parks or, or your local um, streets and see how many different trees you can identify or, or find or have fun with. Um, something like that okay what about more recreational stuff like campfires fall is like the best time of year for having campfires because it's nice and crisp and cool but it's not too cold and it's a lot of fun to be outside it's also usually a little bit moister time of year so it's less dangerous um, if you live in a very dry region Uh, And so campfires are just a great way to get together as a family. And this is especially true with your older kids. Um, So sometimes it's a little tough with your young guys running around and being crazy around a campfire. But if they're a little bit older, you know, a lot of times you can just sit and relax and have fun together and share memories or share stories or just talk, you know. Or just be together. So um, consider what you can do there. Uh, Likewise, cookouts. So getting your kids engaged in preparing food and being outdoors and having fun. So it's kind of like, you know, a little camp out style picnic in your backyard. Uh, Just having some cookouts. It's not as uncomfortable as the summer. You know, everybody thinks about summer as cookout season. But really fall is like the best time because you're not sweltering hot. Even in your, you know, even in Minnesota uh, during the summer, uh, you guys like how I pronounce that? If you're from Minnesota, Minnesota, uh, uh, you're welcome for, for trying to pronounce it properly. All right. So, yeah, even in those northern areas, it gets pretty uncomfortable outside in the sun, you know, midsummer. And so fall is just wonderful. You still have got, you know, some sunlight left. You've got uh, the natural beauty outside. It's a little cooler, a little bit more comfortable. If it's a little chilly or windy, you just throw on a sweatshirt and you have a great time outdoors. And it's not too uncomfortable like you get in 
the winter time. So uh, think about what you can do outside, uh, having cookouts or picnics or whatever. Okay, bird watching. This is an awesome time of year to do bird watching. Even if you're not into birds, just to, to really start to engage your kids in all these different types of activities. See what interests them. You know, you don't have to do all of these things, but maybe hopefully at least one or two of these things can really get your kids engaged and, and to build connections and to build family relationships. You know, that's really important. And so that's what I'm trying to foster here is, is some ways you can do that outdoors in your landscape and to actually enjoy your space that you guys live in. And so anywhere you live, there are birds there, right? So they're not tied to the ground like we are. So they're, they're flying through and fall and spring are wonderful migration times, right? And so you, especially if you live in a migratory corridor for different birds, um, you're going to be seeing lots of birds right now. And, and so wherever you live, there are birds there and there's fun just trying to get out, find different types of birds, watch them, attract them with either plants or feeders. Um, and we can get into more about attracting plants or attracting birds with plants uh, later, you know, by what you plant in your yard. But but for now, just think about what you can observe and get your kids into like learning how to identify different birds or how, you know, having again a contest between your kids about who can find the most different types of birds or, or whatever. And just to have some fun together. Okay, and now let's let's jump outside of our our specific landscape and see what we can do outside of our yard. So, what about going to some local farms? Fall is a wonderful time, you know, with harvest and everything coming along. Fall is a wonderful time to visit a pumpkin patch, right? That's your typical fall activity. So, have you considered maybe taking your family together to to go to a pumpkin patch? And um, likewise, what about an orchard? So harvest time, right? So that's what fall is all about, you know, to a lot of people is that feeling of being in the harvest time. So reaping the bounty of the warm weather um, in in preparation for winter, right? And so there's a lot of tradition there, a lot of culture there. And so consider what you can do as a family together to celebrate this season. Even if you're not preparing food in your own yard with growing it, uh, maybe you can go, you know, go to a farm and, and, and try and enjoy the harvest and, and help connect your family to where food comes from, to really hit home uh, all the work that goes into preparing good, healthy food and to getting uh, and acquiring good, healthy food. And so um, going to a local orchard to pick apples is a great idea. Um, so it's, it's kind of late for a lot of berries and stuff, but apples is, this is like the perfect time of year. So consider for your region what's in a harvestable stage right now and, and consider going as a family to one of these you-pick you type places and enjoy some time together getting some good healthy food together. Okay, aside from farms, what about visiting the local parks? So at least around here in the Midwest, this is a great time to visit your local park to have some cider together. So a lot of times they have these activities where you can go and actually make cider together or see people making cider, so pressing apples, um, or just enjoying, you know, some of the different activities at your local parks. There's a lot of fall activities before things, you know, start to quiet down a little bit at your local parks in the winter. But fall is a great time where, again, you know, you're getting that little bit of cooler weather, so it's more comfortable to get outside and to go have some fun together. And of course, no park is complete without talking about hiking. So you can go visit some local hiking trails. I love taking my boys hiking. Um, I used to be able to get out every single Friday uh, with uh, when it was just Lucas. And so who, he's our oldest. 
Um, so getting out with Lucas every Friday was a tradition I had. And, and, and quite honestly, uh, I kind of miss it taking my boys out hiking. So I still try and get out there as much as I can. And, and to be honest, I, yeah, I'd love to do it more often and, and just having some, some time to get them out of the house and to really just connect them to, to the world around us. And so there's a park right down the street with some beautiful hiking trails and, and so getting those the boys outside and and having some fun there and it's great to see other families doing the same thing with their their young kids as well. And so uh, consider what you can do with just uh, enjoying the fall weather and and having some fun hikes together. Uh, what about fossil hunting? Again, the park down the street from us has a creek running through it and there's just some awesome fossil hunting. Now right now at our, our boys young age, they they really love finding the fossils or or me showing them the fossils so they can throw them in the creek, uh, which is fine right now. But um, as they get older, kids love collecting fossils. So I see other kids down there at the creek uh, searching for who can find the biggest fossil or the most fossils. You know, it's always a competition, right? Or um, whatever in in most different types of fossils. And I remember as a kid, uh, my parents used to take us to a local creek as well. And we used to do the same thing. And of course, uh, me being uh, the child of nerdy parents themselves, uh, of course, I knew the, the specific name of each type of fossil that was in that creek. Okay, so aside from fossil hunting, maybe that's like maybe that's a little too nerdy or too messy or you know too risky. You know, it, I, I'll be honest. You know, with the creaking. I can get how some parents get a little concerned uh, because there's a lot of rocks around, right? It's a little crazy. Um, We have a lot of fun with it, and so far my kids have survived. Um, But if you're not into that, consider what you can do, especially with younger kids, about going color hunting, right? How many different colors can you find in the woods? Or how many different types of leaves can you find in the woods? Or how many acorns can you find? Make it fun, right? Make Make it an exciting thing, kind of like a scavenger hunt. So no matter what the age of your kids, uh, think of what would engage your kid to be outside and, and to go have some fun with you and to really engage them in the, in the outdoors. So maybe, maybe you're more into like techie stuff or maybe you have some older kids. What about geocaching? Now this was kind of all the rage, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago when, uh, people started to get more access to GPS devices, you know, your Garmin's or whatever. And it's kind of, it seems like it's fallen out of favor a little bit. Um, but essentially what geocaching is, if you're not familiar with it, is as you get the waypoints of this little treasure that you need to find. And so people basically hide this, this like little item, whatever it is in a specific location, and then they'll go online and mark the location, the waypoint for that, that item. And, and so you, Basically, you go online, you find, you know, if you just search geocaching, you come up with a ton of things and you look for geocaches that are in your specific area. So a lot of a lot of places have these things. And so basically, then you get the waypoints and you have it on your map and then you go to that location. You try to navigate to that location and you try and find this item. And a lot of times it's like a little like (laughs) I'm dating myself here, but like it used to be like a little uh, film canister with a note inside of it or a little box or something. And um, if you don't know what a film canister is, that's okay. A little container (laughs) and inside of it would be like a little note and sometimes like a little trinket or whatever. Right. Uh, And so sometimes people would like take the trinket to hide at a different geocache and you put another one in. You always put something else back in if you take something and and you leave a note there uh, as well like you write down your uh, 
your name or whatever that you've been to that geocache and it's a lot of fun just to find these things and to to explore and to to really it's kind of like the mystery it's like a little treasure hunter a scavenger hunt so uh consider if you know if your kids aren't into like the fossils or or some of the activities that the park programs put on uh consider what you can do geocaching with your kids it's a lot of fun too Okay, so so that's essentially a wrap for the ideas I had today. I don't want to go too long with this, but but hopefully that inspires you with a few ideas of what you can do with your kids to get outside, to have fun together as a family, and to focus on what's important. Again, remember that this time we have with our kids is precious, right? It doesn't last forever. And so it's important to, and I'm, this is, I'm saying this as well just to vocalize it to help myself remember this too. I mean, right now with... We have, you know, three young kids, so five, three, and one, and we are in the thick of it. We're still not sleeping through the night, and so I totally get it. You know, if maybe you feel like you're in over your head. Maybe your kids are older, and, you know, you have the next level of activities, right? You're shipping them everywhere to their sporting events and their social activities, and sometimes it's just tough to just stop and take a deep breath. So I want this episode to be an inspiration for all of us parents, or, you know, if you're not parents, um, all of us who have, you know, this busy social life to just stop and enjoy the seasons, to enjoy the change that happens in the world, uh, wherever you live, you know, maybe you don't have four seasons like we do here, but the changes that come with different times of year that happens everywhere and, and to just enjoy those changes and, and whatever that time may be for you and to stop and enjoy and to have some time together as a family to share memories and to create memories at the same time. So that's what today's episode's about. I hope this inspires you in whatever way is is appropriate for your family and your location that you can do this with your family and to have some fun creating memories. So I want to hear from you if you have any more ideas wherever you may live right now. So for you folks out in Australia or you folks down in Florida, you folks up in Ohio, right? Shout out. Um, wherever you live, take a second, go on over to ely.how slash episode 37 and leave a note there in the comments section about what are your ideas? What are some more thoughts? What are some things you do together as a family? Share some memories so all of us can get together and and really start to think about how to spend more time in this busy world uh, as a family or as a couple or with your friends, whatever it may be. How can we spend more time together enjoying our lives as opposed to working at them? So with that, guys, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.